Welcome to another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today is Memorial Day Sunday. Yeah, let me see if I can dig out of this somber hole I've got here, okay? Uh, but with the children in here, I wanted to make sure that the children also get a chance to see children around the world that, that, that are just so happy because someone is making a difference in their life. Thank you so very much. Memorial Day Sunday. Today we're going to be going to Luke, the 22nd chapter, okay? And uh, as, as we said earlier, it's Family Sunday. And Family Sunday comes once uh, every fifth Sunday. We have a fifth Sunday about once every 13 weeks. There are generally four every year. In the rare year, we will have five. But uh, we plan these Sundays on a fifth Sunday to do two things. One thing we plan is to give our Sunday school teachers, our children's church workers, a little time for them to get to come to church. So they get to come to church and enjoy church here every fifth Sunday. And as well, we give an opportunity for parents and grandparents and guardians for them to get a chance to go to church with their children. You know, uh, there are a few things that impact me in life, impacted me in life. One of them was sitting in church with my mama. You know, and her not only just explaining to me what was going on, but her making sure that I paid a little attention. Although today, listen, we have, a, we have a lot of children here. Please don't be upset if your child moves around a little bit. Listen, this is big church, as we call it. It's a chance for them to get to come to big church. We'll be very conscious of the time. We'll also be conscious of the content. And so let me just encourage you today to decide that today is your opportunity and take advantage of this so that you can help your child to understand what's going on and why we go to church. Family Sunday is a time that we can take the advantage to worship together, but also to answer some questions for our younger family members and to ensure that they understand. I mean, why, why in the world did you give? Why do you come to church, mom, dad? I mean, I know that, you know, as a child, many times children go to church because the parents do. But uh, do, you, do you tell your children? Do you teach your children? Do you share with them why you worship, why we stand, why we lift our hands? Uh, why is it that we're so happy? Why do we clap? Why, you know, uh, uh, why do you come and listen? What's the value in participating? Why does someone volunteer to be an usher, you know, to be at the information desk? These are things that children need to know they need to know because the next generation is depending on them and if they don't get a chance to be taught and there is as much difference between telling and teaching as there is between listening and learning just because you tell them does not mean you've taught them and just because they're listening does not mean they're learning you need to take time we all need to take time to ensure the next generation understands what we're doing and why we're doing it and they aren't just going to church out of some routine or out of some just uh, you know just uh, uh, habit okay and so this morning we're going to be going to the new testament uh, moms and dads and kids we're going to be going to the gospel of luke now matthew mark luke and john are called the gospels and matthew mark luke and john tell us about the life the birth the life the ministry, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is the heart of the message of God. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These gospels share with us the truth about Jesus. And so today's message is going to be taken uh, from a very important moment in the life of Jesus, right near the end of his earthly life and ministry in Luke chapter 22. In fact, it's a very, very, very special day. Jesus is 33 and a half years old here, and this particular day is a day when they are going to enjoy a Passover meal. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Passover. What in the world is Passover? Well, Passover was the time that God sent Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And just the day before the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they sat down that evening to have a meal together. And God said that he wanted them to eat this meal together every year on that same day. You know, God cares about events. God cares about certain things. And this feast, this meal, this supper that they were eating, they were supposed to eat it together every year as a family. I find that interesting. I find that God wanted them to remember something. What was it? Well, this was a meal of remembrance, Passover. Each year for 1,500 years, all the way up until Luke, the 22nd chapter, this meal had been a point to where the children of Israel were supposed to come together as families and remember all that God did for them when he brought them out of bondage. They were in slavery in Egypt. And so you may just think about it like this. It was a meal of remembrance. It was a meal. In fact, during that meal, and I have gone to Israel a number of times and had that meal with Jews and Jewish families in Israel. And uh, some of them may be watching this morning. Okay? And at that meal, oh, there's so much fun, and there's singing, and there's eating. In fact, you have to eat a whole lot. In fact, you're supposed to eat it all before the morning time. I mean, there's so much feasting and fun, and there's talking. There's reading of the Bible. There's telling of stories. There's remembering. Why? Because it is not only a feast to remember all that God did, but it's also a time to teach the children to remember. And God said, I want you to teach your children and your children's children that when in days to come, when they say, why did you do this? You can tell them we do it because all that God did. We do it to remember what God did. And there's a song that they sing at this particular uh, meeting. They, they, they sing a lot of songs and they read a lot of verses. But one of them says, Elu hotsi hotsiana, hotsiana mi mitzrayim, hotsiana mi mitzrayim nu." It's Hebrew. Die, die, anu, die, die, anu, die, die, anu, die, anu, die, anu. And they dance and they dance and they go faster and faster and faster and faster and faster until you can't say die, anu, that fast anymore, you know. And that word means that, 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 that it would have been enough. The whole song says it would have been enough if God had have just brought us out of bondage. It would have been enough. If he had just taken us across the Red Sea, it would have been enough. If he had just, just uh, given us manna from heaven, it would have been enough. If he had just destroyed our enemies, it would have been enough. If he had just given us his word, it would have. But 
Not only did he do that, he gave us life and joy and peace and happiness, and he gave us so much more. It would have been enough if he had just given us one thing, but he gave us everything. They sing this song over and over and over and dance and, and, and uh, eat and drink and talk and have fun. Well, that's the type of meal that was happening in Luke, the 22nd chapter. Jesus had his friends, his disciples, here at this Passover meal. They had asked him, where, where should we prepare the Passover? He said, I want you to go into the city. You'll find a man carrying a water pot. You follow him. And when he turns into his house, tell him that, that the Lord, the master, wants you to prepare Passover in his house and the meal. And so they did that. and They had everything set and all the food and everything. And so Jesus is enjoying what we call the Last Supper. And toward the end of that Last Supper, you may remember all of his disciples were there. They were his friends. And, and no doubt they had been talking and having this good time and, and remembering all that God had done. This would be the last time that God would accept a sacrifice for sin. And so, by some accounts, this would be the last time that they were only to remember what God did bringing the children of Israel out with Moses because Jesus is going to change something at this Last Supper. The Last Supper is going to become the First Communion. Okay? It's still going to you know, be a time you know, of, of celebration and a time of remembrance. But can you imagine all that's going on? I've been there. They're singing. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, you know, you, you lean one side and drink a glass of wine. You know, you have to drink it while you're leaning. You know, you have to get, you know, uh, you know, uh, get ready. Uh, it, it's, it's just so much uh, symbolism taken from the Word of God and instituted into this great festival of remembrance. That's going on at the Last Supper. And so Jesus, all of a sudden. He calls everybody to attention. Give me your attention. Give me your attention, everybody. Okay? I got something I got to you know, want to say, and I want you all to hear it. That's what he's doing here in Luke, the 22nd chapter. And so, uh, you know, I mean, for 1,500 years this had been going on, and now all of a sudden it's come to the real moment. Not only has it been a feast of remembrance, but it has been a dress rehearsal for this particular Passover. Because Jesus is the Lamb. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, Jesus gets their attention. And the Bible says in verse 19, And Jesus took bread after he had their attention. He took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, now we're not remembering Moses anymore. Okay? Yes, you, you can, and it's sweet and wonderful. But now I want you to do this. I want you to eat this bread in remembrance of me. I find that interesting. So here Jesus institutes communion and he gives instructions as to why and how it should be observed. Well, about 20 years after this happened, a little over 20 years, uh, the Apostle Paul is going to write to the church at Corinth about this moment. 
Now, the Apostle Paul was not there in person in Luke 22. The Apostle Paul, in fact, was an enemy of Jesus in Luke 22. He was on the other side of the coin. But Jesus showed up and saved his soul, as he does. You know, Jesus wants to save all of his enemies. He wants us to love our enemies. He wants us, hopefully, he encourages us that we should want our enemies to be saved too. Because when you save an enemy, they become a friend. Isn't that great? So the Apostle Paul had become a friend of Jesus, and the Apostle Paul had spent time in an Arabian desert, and Jesus had talked to the Apostle Paul about that moment of the Last Supper in Luke 22. And so here he says, Jesus told me this, that on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Let, let, let's read it, what, what Paul is writing to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, verse 24. And when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, verse 25 says, after he took the cup, uh, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You see, the Old Testament period, in the Old Testament period, God warned the children of Israel every year to set aside this special day to remember all that God did for them. Wow. But at the Last Supper, Jesus told his friends to set aside time to remember all that he had done for them. All that he had done in, in paying the price for their freedom, for their sin, for their sickness, their poverty, their feet, their worry, their anxiety, their frustrations. Remember, he said, what I'm going to do to save your soul, to deliver you from this world and from bondage and slavery to sin and to the devil. Remember me, he said. Wow. Well, what did it cost Jesus? He paid the price. What did it cost him? It cost him his life. He gave his life freely and willingly, gave his life so that I could be free. That's what he wants me to remember. In fact, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verse 26, Jesus is hoping that we will not forget. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, you continue to show, you continue to remember in, 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 in a public way, you continue to remind others of the Lord's death until he comes again. You see, remembering what it cost and honoring the sacrifices that are made in order to set us free, to keep us free, this is a godly attribute. God wants us to remember. Not only to remember, but he wants us to teach our children to remember. He wants us to make sure that our children know why. We do what we do. Why do you go to church, mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather? Why do you contribute money to the church? Why do you 
tell other people about Jesus? Why do I hear you saying praise the Lord? Why do I see you getting up in the morning and open up the Bible? Why do I hear you praying in your closet? Why do I see you doing what you do? God set aside one special day in which the children of Israel were to make sure that their children and their children's children understood why. And he called it remembrance. Jesus is giving the same instructions to us in Luke 22. And Paul confirms them. So that we might proclaim and continue proclaiming until he comes again. You see, the next generation needs to know. They need to know a lot of things. Jesus said in John 15, verse 13, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, not only did Jesus die and, 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 and uh, 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 give his life, and we are so grateful to God and thankful to Jesus that he gave his life for me so that I could be saved, so that you could be saved, delivered, set free, and blessed. Salvation and eternal life only comes through Jesus Christ. Salvation and eternal life only comes Forgiveness only comes through Jesus Christ because we have recognized we need a Savior. We have repented of our sins and we have received Him. We have asked Jesus to come into our heart to be our Lord and our Savior. You can do that right now. You can simply ask Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. You can do it as a child. You can do it as an adult. And adults, make sure you teach your children that they need also to ask Christ into their life. Being raised in church is not enough. They need to ask Jesus to come into their heart. And we need to remember in our homes all that he did for us. They need to know what he did. I'm so grateful to God. But Jesus, although salvation only comes in his name, and we dare not put men on the same pedestal as Jesus, nor worship them as we do our eternal Savior. But we do, and by the grace of God, we should remember others who have also given their life for us. No other nation takes the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. No other nation funds feeding, water, clothing, schools, medical help. No other nation does what America does. Why? Because America is a Christian nation. We are a Christian nation. Refuse to believe what the world's propaganda has to say about our nation. Do not believe what the devil has to say about the United States of America. The devil hates the United States of America, and there are some bad actors that he's trying to empower to destroy our nation, but it shall not happen because we are founded by God. We have a destiny. We are called by God. We cannot allow ourselves to believe what the devil has to say about our nation. No other nation on the earth ever has, and I doubt they ever will, take the gospel of Jesus Christ to more places and to fund the work of missions more around the world than the United States of America. We are a Christian nation. 
We embrace others who come to our nation. We embrace their opportunity to worship and to serve their God. They can do that if they want, but if they hang around long enough, they're going to get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they're going to get baptized in water. And they're going to begin to bring their support to a church that will take the gospel around the world because they want the people in the place they came from to have the same peace, to have the same joy. Why do people want to come to America? Why does everybody in the world want to talk bad about America? Because the devil hates it. Why do people want to come here? Because Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Peace is here. Hope is here. It's not just the American dream. It's God's dream for our nation. We will continue to fight against the propaganda of the devil and we will not allow the next generation to be raised in a vacuum to not understand how important our nation is to the world, how important the gospel of Jesus Christ is to the whole world and what we do as a people to make that happen. My goodness, look out here among you. 63 children, the next doctors, the next lawyers, the next leaders of nations are being raised by you. You're impacting people. Many of you will never meet them, never see them this side of heaven, but they are winning people to Jesus every day. Every day. In the Philippines, every day. In Thailand, in Indonesia, in India, every day. Water wells. You have 400 plus, 440 water wells. Every day. Do you know how many people go to those water wells and pump out a little water and it has a plaque on there in the name of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ? I've laid my hands on many of them and dedicated them to the glory of God and churches are being raised up around them. In Burkina Faso, There is a great revival among the unreached people groups because you drilled not one but two water wells there and they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. In India, I've gone and dedicated wells that you have drilled, laid my hands on them, prayed the prayer of faith, and I know miracles are happening because of you. I know of no other nation that does this so freely. Why? Because of the price that some paid to keep us in the ball game. I'm excited about what we do. Tomorrow, Monday, May the 30th, the United States of America will observe Memorial Day. It was originally known as Decoration Day, by the way. It's a federal holiday designated to Uh, 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 mourn the loss and to remember the sacrifice made by so many of our military from all the branches of the armed services who gave their lives in defense of our nation. For 102 years, from 1868 to 1970, it was known as Decoration Day. It was established by General Logan, who was a member and founder, actually, of the Grand Army of the Republic. 1868, 154 years ago. For 102 years, it was known as Decoration Day. And in 1971, the U.S. Congress decided to standardize it. And so they, they, they changed it to Memorial Day, and they said it will be the last Monday of every May. It's a day that is set aside every year for us to remember, for us to be thankful, for us to honor, for us to never forget what it costs. For us to be free. 
it costs the lives of so many of our bravest and our best. We are a grateful nation. And tomorrow, once again, it's May the 30th tomorrow. It's back on its original date that, that General Logan um, imagined when he first you know, uh, enacted it uh, so that they could remember the Civil War, those who lost their lives in the Civil War. We are a grateful nation. And although uh, you know, we deeply appreciate and owe a great debt of thanks to our U.S. military veterans, tomorrow is not Veterans Day. Many people, you know, now, if you happen to see a veteran tomorrow, I'm a veteran. If you happen to see a veteran tomorrow, you know, uh, it's okay to say thanks. But most likely, if you say thank you to a veteran tomorrow, they'll smile. I will. I will. I'll smile. And, but I know it's not my day. It's the day that we remember those who did not come home. It's their day. It's a day of remembrance. Remembering is a godly thing. Those who willingly gave their lives so that we might stand here today in freedom. The Bible records God pronouncing a judgment on a nation and a people. The people were the Amalekites. God pronounced a judgment on them, and He did to them one of the worst things that could ever be done to anybody. It's recorded in Exodus 17 and verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. God wanted his children to know that one of the worst things imaginable would be to be forgotten. This shall not be the testimony of America. We shall never forget. If you choose tomorrow to spend your day at the lake or cooking hamburgers or, you know, at home or kicking back, you know, out in the yard, whatever, however you choose to spend your tomorrow, May the 30th, 2022. I know I just dated this sermon. Some people won't listen to old sermons, by the way. But however you decide to spend your Memorial Day, let me ask you to include two things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to include telling your children what Memorial Day is all about. I know you tell them about Jesus, but would you tell them how great America is? And would you tell them why? Would you spend just a little bit of time, get their attention like Jesus, you know, get their attention. And just tell somebody, just discuss it, you know, with, with, with you and your spouse or, or, or with you and your friends, wherever you may be. How about taking a little bit of time tomorrow and tell someone why Memorial Day and what it means and how great our nation is and why our nation is great. Refuse to believe and refuse to mimic what the world says. Refuse to believe the media narrative about the United States of America. We are a Christian nation and we have Almighty God to thank for birthing this nation and for keeping us strong and He will yet defend us because we have a purpose in the earth. We shall not forget. A second thing I would encourage you to do as you tell others, your children, especially your grandchildren, about Memorial Day, I would like for you to take time and say a prayer of thanksgiving. 
thanking God. Not only did sons and daughters give their lives, but so many families lost their bravest and their best. We need to say thank you. We need to appreciate what God has done. As I said, we are a grateful nation and we will never forget. First and foremost this morning, I pray that if you are not born again, if you are not saved, if you have not asked Jesus to become your Lord and Savior, just like those we saw water baptized this morning, there comes a moment in our life when we personally need to accept Jesus Christ. You may be at that point. Your children may be at that point. There may be a situation that you run into this week and what someone really needs in their life is to simply ask Jesus to come in. Give them that chance. I'm giving you a chance right now. Would you dare just recognize? Would you dare just go ahead and turn your life over to him and ask him to come in? It's not enough that you change on your own. You need Jesus. You must be born again. Ask Jesus into your heart, into your life to be your Lord and Savior. You can do that right now. In just a moment, we're going to pray and do that all together. And then the second thing we're going to pray for is we're going to pray for our nation, that we would be a grateful nation continuing forward and that we would never forget what it cost for us to do what we're doing today. Someone paid for this. Someone paid. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.